0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR Podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3CR.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, good morning everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 730. And of course you're listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. First up, I have to say a very good morning to Evan Golke from Oka Landscape. Morning, Evan.
1: Good
2: morning, Pam. Good morning, listeners. What a beautiful morning.
0: Oh, I rain. I woke up to the
2: chorus of frogs. Yes. They were going mental <laughs> out the back. It was just fantastic. I think we had, we had 20 mils by about uh, 5 o'clock yesterday um and uh, so i imagine we we're, we're up over 25 now because it was still raining when i left this morning wow and it's just been fantastic because my garden has been so dry oh <laughs> it's as with everybody else oh yeah
3: yeah <laughs> Mm.
0: But it'll be interesting. Um, I really want to dig down when I get home and just see how far it's penetrated in mm. because um, yesterday when I looked, it really hadn't gone in very far at all.
2: No, it probably won't. No. But, but that's alright. You know, I mean, if you have catchment areas in your garden, it, it fills lo- those up and it slowly soaks through as well. Mm. That's things that I have and have like a little dam and so on down the yep. back that actually catches a lot of the stormwater rather than it running down and, and it just slowly releases out. Yep. Um, so yeah, it rarely it goes down very far It's always disappointing So don't look Pam Don't look
0: <laughs> Well just bring on some more rain <laughs> Exactly <laughs> That's the answer mm. yep. And we also have to say a very good morning to Karen Sutherland Morning Karen
1: Morning Pam, Evan and listeners And you've been out in the MIFCAS all week I have, although I've just mentioned that in my area, northern suburbs, we only had three mil of rain, which was oh. totally dry under the surface by, oh. by five last night. Yep. Or whatever time I got home, which wasn't five, for Miscus. And, um, yeah, that it did rain last night, so I didn't get a chance in the dark this morning to check. But, yes, just, just to fill in that the northern suburbs haven't gone quite as well. Yeah. <laughs> sadly. <laughs> That's terrible. And, well, I,
0: I had a walk around my garden yesterday afternoon, and I did notice that um, just things like underneath the Buddleia, um, was totally dry, so the mm. rain hadn't penetrated through. Mm. So, um, mm. yeah, oh, it so takes a
2: lot, a it, take, it t- takes it a does. lot of follow up. Yeah, for but that it, to occur. It
1: did seem to mainly at, from Mythcus from the Mythcus point of view, it actually was quite considerate. It rained mostly heavily when it finished <laughs> for the day. Oh, so that, was oh that was lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was lucky. But yes, I have been at Mythcus, so looking slightly. Weary <laughs> <laughs> It's a long haul if you're there
0: for the whole week. It's it really is haul, because yeah. you're on yeah. your feet all slightly, day and slightly husky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you did you stay for the twilight um, show on Friday?
1: Uh, no, uh, no, no. Penny and I staggered ourselves. So because I'm there with Penny Woodward. Yep. And um, we, um, she, I came early and she stayed late. Oh, okay. So that was our agreement. Yep. So <laughs> she's staying with a friend nearby. So easy for her to get home on a friday night and anyway that's you know that's how we figured it out so yep. yeah we've kind of staggered it a bit and she's good like, this morning when i'm here and mm. okay <coughs> that sort of thing so you'll be going back there after the show yes yeah, straight there straight there i <laughs> 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 so do not pass go you know, i do not pass coffee shop <laughs> <laughs> and
2: you're on the organic gardener's stand is that
1: yes organic gardener and gardening australia are both on the same stand um now because they're um owned by the, you know Owned by Next Media, and so we're selling subscriptions to the wonderful magazine with a very good um, goodie bag, can I say, of, you know, worth $110. <laughs> anyway, um, and um, for that for that work, we are allowed to put our, which is you know, we're extremely grateful for, to put our tomato book on a, on the table on the side there, and and sell tomato books to people. So that's been that's been a lot of fun too, you know, talking talking to people who are a long time. You know, organic gardener readers, say, because that's the one I write for, so I'll mention mm. them more. <coughs> and, um, and, of course, Penny's the Hort editor for that. And, and also, um, you know, speaking with people who really already have the book and are just really keen tomato growers. Or, and, of course, with the garden show, you've got people from all over the country, so it's quite oh, fun. Saying, mm. oh, where do you come from and how did you go this year and what varieties are you growing? And you build up quite a picture, so it's yeah, okay. quite, quite interesting. Were people generally
2: come. whinging about their tomato crop?
1: Oh yeah. Well, it was actually <laughs> there were there was. um There was a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. There oh, was. Oh yeah. Amai- either people like myself had a really bad year, which was most people, but a small percentage. Oh, I've said ten, but maybe I might say fifteen or twenty percent. If they didn 't have a terror you know just a Ugh, what a bad year, they had a fabulous year that they just have never had a year like it, so it's mm. really, really odd, and not necessarily a pattern with where they live or anything so it 's strange the- isn 't it really really weird very because weird weather nearly everyone mm. i 've spoken to has had
0: a had a terrible year, been a for year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah no certain people had really good years. think there was someone in Ballarat. Might have been someone in Colac, or that might have been the mm. I've lost track now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they um it was there was a, it was a real mix. Did you happen
0: to ask sort of roughly what time they got them in? I'm wondering if they got them in earlier or later no, or, s- or s-
1: some of the people that had them in early then, you know, had a good season at first. And yeah. uh, that was that would really be my um you know, my experience as well. And then they died really quickly. Like things like Tommy Toe and Bumblebees that are that I always say to people, Oh, reliable, you'll never have a problem with those. Yep. No, they just fruited a bit and then said, "No, nah, goodbye." <laughs> like, what? You're yes. going to be joking? you to go gone for ages. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah. So I've yeah. got little posters up there about um, that I made up for my open garden, the recent open garden, and I um, had them up there on on the plants, especially if they'd already gone, to say, "Well, this was here, and and this is what happened, and this is my verdict for next, you know, next year." Mm. Yeah. So there are a couple that did really well in this weird weather, so I was promoting them to people. Okay. Mm. So Which were which um, ones? Yeah, Japanese black, it gets called two things, Japanese black triffle or black truffle, which you can only get from a couple of seed sellers. Um, you, should, you think I'd know by now, wouldn't you? After looking it up about 20 times. And I think it was Seed Freaks. Anyway, if you have the okay. book, you'll be able to look it up. Yeah, but if yeah, sure you to search <laughs> Japanese black truffle tomato, you'll find it online. I think it was also Tasmanian natural garlic and tomato um, as a seed seller as well, okay. I'm pretty sure. And also the other one was... Um, called blueberries, but it's really black and red, and it resisted sunburn. It was in, they, mm. that was in a really hot spot in my garden where everything else just suffered. Yep, and that one did really well. It's still got a few little fruit on a on a dying plant, so that that was very impressive.
3: Okay, what do you put it
2: down to the fact that they, there was these early deaths just dryness?
1: Oh no, no, I mean the erratic weather, because sometimes right. mine would pick up, mm. and then when it got suddenly cold or suddenly hot, you know, they they're because um, I suppose. Having studied nursery, you know, we learnt... Well, you would probably know this as well too, but they really, you know, know, really impressed this upon us that some plants respond to shortening or increasing day length and Mm. others respond to temperature some respond to a combination of that the studies haven't really been done for everything because it's just too much work. So things like poinsettia, poinsettias or however you want to pronounce them mm. are very well studied because they are you know, produced under very um, manufactured conditions, let's say. But you know, other things obviously respond in a mixture of ways. And so tomatoes, I'm wondering whether they're more temperature mm. <laughs> because yeah. um, they didn't respond to the changing seasons in mm. any... Um, logical way, they just responded to the really wacky temperatures, and so some varieties are more um, able to cope, and that's why I suppose I was saying to people, look, I did find with really wacky weather, which is what we're going to get increasingly more of, that these two varieties did well, so, you know. Mm. Yeah, you they didn't say. seem to, they yeah. didn't
2: really respond to extra water, did they?
1: Oh, in fact, mine no, got...
3: Um, not at
2: all. Which, which was really interesting. No. Yeah. But, well, no. I, I grew mine early, so I had them in the glass house. I, I, I grew them... I started growing them in September. Okay. And, and, so, and then <laughs> had them up into eight inch pots before they went out into the garden. So, yeah, we had, we had tomatoes really early and they did really well up until about uh, mid to end of January. I was going to say January. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it was just like, okay, you got tomato <laughs> wilt or yeah, what is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they kept producing. Um, so, it wasn't too. Black cream did okay. Um,
1: Interesting, because that would be a, a sort of a yeah, little like bit related to the black, black and black that's red. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh it's no, one's going to say similar. the black, um, the black truffle, not more the black truffle, oh, okay. because that, yeah. funnily enough, even though it's called Japanese, that apparently Penny said to me it originates from Russia. Oh, so These right. are all right. these, and they're actually the browns, and that's one thing to remind people that, you know, they're not the the, the, the blueberries weirdly is actually a true black tomato, but that that black cream and the black Russian and this Japanese black truffle. Um, are all actually brown, so, okay. but they are from a similar location. So it's interesting that mm. your black crim did well. Yeah, so maybe yeah. it's worth hedging your bets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I think I had, had a sweet a
2: bite. <laughs> yeah, the sweet bite was fabulous early, and that was the first one that went. Yeah, mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's that other very sweet small one? Oh, Tommy Toe. Tommy Toe, yeah, yep. we had Tommy Toe as well. And then that again was really good early and then just poof.
1: Well, see, sweet. And
2: white. they became massive too. They were huge plants because mm. they, they'd grown so well. I grow them up um, temporary fencing. You know that temporary okay. fencing that you see on building sites? Oh, yes, yes. That is the best thing for growing tomatoes up because you can move it around. Yes. So it of comes in panels 2.4 by 2.4. Okay. Um, and so you can just put it peg in at one end, like a star picket, star yep. picket, plonk it in the garden, grow things up it, then the next year you move it somewhere else. That'd be I've great for all be, sorts
0: of climbing oh. veg, like climbing beans yep. and um, yep. you know, you peas. you can
2: grow pumpkins up them. Yeah. Because they've got a quite, great idea. Great, yeah, yes. yeah. I've put snow peas up them and just move them. So I have five of them, okay, and I can just move them around the garden. Right, they're really easy. They're really light. They cost like fifty bucks for a panel, so mm. they're not that expensive yeah, for what light. they are. That's an important yeah, point. Yeah, they're light mm. and they're mm. galvanized. And once mm. you've got them, so, you've got them. Yeah, yeah and mm. So they sort of mm. last. They'll last mm. forever, really. Um, but you know, I think it's a really easy way and it's so easy to pull things off them you know how sometimes you know you use strings and things like that mm. which is fine if you use degradable things but otherwise it gets into your compost and then yes. you, you know if you mulch things up it gets tangled up in your mulch whereas this is really good because it's quite strong so you can just pull the, the plants off it mm. Yeah, and mm. they'll just bust mm. off Great it Great idea mm. yeah. yeah, so look out for that Yeah, mm. definitely <laughs> I mm. think it's Brilliant a
0: Okay, mm. good um, so we should remind yeah. listeners, Karen, that um, today is the last day of last Melbourne day. <laughs> International Flower and Garden Show, so if people are planning to actually have a look this year, um, you'll need to get your skids on. It opens at <laughs> 9 o'clock this morning so, uh, and runs through till about 5 o'clock this afternoon. So, uh,
1: yeah, last day, everybody. And as every show, there's a lot of good bargains on tools, on plants. I mean, yeah, people have been going past, as usual, loaded up like pack horses and they're more prepared with their trolleys. (laughs) And (laughs) and I
0: think they find even even extra special bargains um, later in the afternoon because a lot of the people don't want to have to take plants home again. A lot of the oh, retailers, yeah. so um, mm. they tend to just, just mark everything down to just get rid of it all towards the end of the show, so. Um, roll up, roll
1: up. Get your bargain. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And what,
2: what's the, uh, what's the one item that keeps walking past you that you think, who is selling that? You know, Actually,
1: one really funny thing that keeps walking past you is somebody's doing terrarium workshops, and over the top of the terrarium they put a um, disposable glove. So people are going past, sometimes with them not inflated, and other times with them inflated. <laughs> What is that? And, and Penny saw me looking at this person and she said, It's a terrarium. And I still didn't understand. And she said, They put it on to stop the soil moving around. I'm like, Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> There's
2: always something every year. You know, it might be yeah. some wacky hose or a broom or a. No, you know. they're
0: actually, um, Scots are actually conducting terrarium <laughs> workshops Scots, right. in right. there. Right. Yes. Right. So uh, people are actually sitting down, um, great long trestle tables and crowded with people and they're running it in sessions. Mm. Uh really, really popular. Everyone's doing it. Kids are involved with doing it as well, and they're yeah, all walking home with them. their terrarium.
2: Terrariums are back.
0: Terrariums yeah, yeah, are
3: back.
2: Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that I was know. a sort of 1980s <laughs> well, thing, was Well, it's,
0: it? it's, it's, it's an offshoot
1: of indoor plants, which yes. is also so big at the moment yes, still. Yes, it's become yeah. huge. It yeah, yeah, has, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see that at the show. The indoor plant stands are being mobbed. They're, they're, and of course, also the exhibition building with the floristry, also has quite a lot of indoor plant displays, mm. so that's mm. really interesting. And yeah. a lot,
0: a lot of succulents too yes. out there yes. stalls, mm. and people are Eeps. going crazy buying can, up
1: succulents. Can I say slightly ridiculous prices? Well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs>
2: special prices. Yes,
1: maybe not so cheap on the succulents. Come late on Sunday, that's my recommendation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some,
2: I've, I've been getting into the ripsalis, you know, oh, as yeah. as an indoor plant. My, what, that, there is so many different types. And actually I was at my father's, uh, mum and dad's garden a, a few weeks ago and he's had a ripsalis growing on a log, which I never knew what it was. But now, now that I'm sort of c- gathering a few, I know what it is. It's been growing on that log for 30 years. Okay. It just sits under a shady area on a rotting log.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've, I've had one for 30 years as well. It's my, I think it's one of my oldest, um, I know, you know, I had it neglected in an area mm. of the garden. I brought it inside. I thought, oh, well, you know, indoor plants. You know, returning round again, so I'll bring it inside and look at it for a while and it's sort of going, oh, you've you've ignored me for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there it is, just like, oh, yeah, mm. that's cute.
2: They're an mm. interesting uh, genus, though, aren't they? Oh, bizarre. In that they, they come, they're, they're a succulent, but they grow, so they grow on minimal water, but they Definitely. grow in sort of rainforests and so on, up in the canopy.
1: Mm, well, yeah, mine is in a and hanging and basket for many, many years. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So they
2: tolerate shade. Yep. And they tolerate low water.
1: Yeah, not, not them, much else does it really. No, it
3: makes no. them the
2: perfect plant yeah. for indoors. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, and, and they hang so fantastically um, out of out of pots. If mm. you hang pots, they hang. That's just actually one of my problems.
1: Is mine is I can't find because it's such a big thing because it's thirty years old. I can't find anything big enough that would allow it to hang mm. in the space I have and really show it off. So. Right. Mm. So wait, now you're going to start eventually. chopping it up, are you? <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's, it's
2: interesting, though. Every time you sort of go to a nursery, you'll see there's another one, another different one. Oh, yes. There, there must be...
1: Which nursery are you going to?
2: Oh, just, just yeah, to the wholesalers, you know, and you mm. pop in there and they, they, they have their sort of stands of, of various succulents. I mean, I know which wholesaler they come from. I've just never been there to, mm. to have a look. But um, Oh, and you see them in the, the big box uh, hardwares. You mm. see them in there as well. Um, and there's always just different ones. Mm. There must be, you know, 10 or 20 different gen- uh, you know, varieties or species yeah. that are all just slightly different. Some are a little bit furry, some are smooth.
1: Some of with really long leaves. Mine doesn't yeah. have particularly long segments. Okay. Or whatever mm-hmm. they are. Yep. Yep. But yeah, some have really long segments. Mm. Yeah, right.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, look out mm. for those ones. Yeah,
2: Ripsalis. It's a it's a really it's a ripper It's a ripper. <laughs> a ripper <plan. laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: made to walk
1: out the door. It is so I <laughs> bet you they're selling squillions of them. Yeah, right? I bet. At, at it's a lifetime plant, you know what I mean? That's, that's actually something that you can have. It is actually. And not, it's not, like so many indoor plants when you think about yeah. them are throwaways. Or, they are. Yeah. I mean yep. as in they, I remember when yeah, they elongate. And, yeah, and, you know, well we, we I remember I was learning at Burnley when I studied nursery that, um, that there's no such thing as an, in, well we were taught there's no such thing as an indoor plant really. We have given this chart which showed how many months Plant, various plants would survive inside a particular light readings. Or okay, kind of yes And right. so really all they were doing was going towards death. <laughs> 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 Fairly depressing, but they're really trying to you know, get reality into our minds. So yep. it's like, really, you know, they're going to go. And so you go around to people's houses and you see these plants just, you know, clinging on to life and you think, just get rid of them get another one. But ripsalis, there you go, that's actually a plant that you can have, you could mm. potentially, you know, have it for your whole life. And great
0: mm. for someone mm. starting mm. off who yeah, hasn't got the confidence, you know.
3: Yeah. yeah. And you are
0: not f- going to kill it.
2: And they, they are None. relatively quick growing as well, mm. you know, from a small pot. I'm surprised how quickly they, they yeah. fill out. Um, they throw on this enormous growth once a year. Yep. Uh, and then they sort of sit. And then they throw it on again. Mm. Yeah, great. It's like hoya's, isn't it? I was I've been saying, going to say, oh, my other old plant is yeah. hoya. Yeah. yeah.
1: That I grew from a leaf with my grandma. Okay. Like one of my mm. grandmas. Off and, her porch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. So the little, you know, the leaf cutting in the with the, you know, the, you know, put into the. A little glass with some foil on top and the, the stem poking through. And, and then I grew my plant. And then later on, Nana died. And I, and when we were splitting everything up, I said, I really like her Hoya. So I put my Hoya with her Hoya. And it's this absolute monster on my back veranda that, again, has been there probably 30 years. Mm. So, yeah, with minimal water. Yes. Minimal. They're, yep. they're, they're such rewarding plants for so little. Um, care. and Well again we... yes
0: exactly they thrive on neglect. Yeah,
2: yeah, amazing. yeah. very hard to buy though to buy Hoyas. There's not a lot of growers around. Like yeah. you just don't see them about very much.
1: The indoor plant growers going to be listening this morning going right Hoyas <laughs> 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 Okay <laughs> bring it back <laughs> easy to grow, way. can't kill, excellent
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No That's actually, right, actually the they want things to die. Yeah, yeah, true. They've got to keep (laughs) it. what are you saying? (laughs) They are running a business. (laughs) They're like mobile phones. uh, Yes. (laughs) There you go, I'll give you two years.
1: Yeah, damn phone
0: batteries. Okay, I must get to some community announcements. We don't have many. Uh, Things seem to be winding down a little bit but uh, I do have a few that I must get through. Now, first up um, the Keylor Plains Group of the Australian Plant Society have We've got uh, an Australian plant auction happening on Friday, April the 5th at 8 o'clock. You'll have a chance to pick up some amazing species that can't be sourced elsewhere and chat about how to grow them to the people who propagated them. Supper will be provided halfway through the auction. Uh, if you'd like more information, you can contact Anne on three double two eight. That's nine double three six three. Double Now, the venue is the main hall, Raleigh Road Activity Centre. That's 54 Raleigh Road in Maribyrnong, and that's spelt R-A-L-E-I-G-H. So, uh, that's Friday, 5th of April, 8 o'clock. Now, Open Gardens Victoria have got some gardens coming up for everybody to have a visit. Uh, now, two of them are next weekend coming. Uh, the first one is down in Hyatt. Uh, now, this is, the, uh, this is uh, the garden of landscape designer Stephen Reed, and he was first approached to create the Hyatt garden for his clients, uh, and he was greeted with a blank canvas and the task of designing a garden to surround a brand-new house on a cleared block. Um, So with few visual clues apart from the neighbours' pencil pines and an enormous willow myrtle, uh, Stephen used this borrowed landscape to create the sense of a much larger larger garden. The owners were clear that they wanted to include productive plants such as olives and figs, Um, so the resulting garden is relaxed and tranquil with uh, lots of productive elements and pencil pines used in a random uh, pattern. Now, uh, they've, uh, down the north side of the property, there's a lush and productive kitchen garden. It's squeezed into the narrow space where the northerly aspect provides good sunlight to grow fruit trees, herbs and vegetables. Um, there's also um, a secluded courtyard off the master bedroom, uh, which is a lovely place to sit quietly in the morning with a cup of coffee. So, uh, and then the west-facing garden has olive trees, planted within paving um, to provide shelter from the afternoon sun and a screen from the neighbouring houses. Now, uh, this garden is at 7 Barnett Street in Hyatt. It's open next Saturday and Sunday, 6th and 7th of April, 10 through to 4.30. Entry is $8, children under 18 free, students $5, and um, landscape designer Stephen Reed will be in the garden to chat to visitors all weekend. So that's... Um, that's uh, one of the gardens open next weekend. The other garden open next weekend is uh, the, uh, it's called the Eclectic Garden and this is the home garden of horticulturalist Michelle Oliphant. Now, uh, Michelle um, has had many years as a professional gardener, including 12 years working at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Melbourne and so she has a great plant knowledge Uh, and uh, this is her very personal creation. It's set on a corner block. Um, The garden embraces uh, you right from the curbside with its textural nature strip planting. Even the power pole is cloaked in Boston ivy. Um, Then uh, overall, the garden has an informal feel with meandering paths and quirky garden art, metal pieces and pots used as highlights. Uh, Now, there's also um, meticulously cloud pruned olive trees there's beautifully espaliered fruit trees Um, I noticed she also has a um, uh, um, a hedge of uh, pomegranate trees so a really interesting garden to go and have a look at. Now Michelle will give garden talks at 11am, 1pm and 3pm on both days and artist Joe Reitz Will uh, also be in the garden painting during the garden opening. Now uh, Michelle's garden is at Four Lynette Street in Nunawading. Again, open both days of next weekend, Saturday six, Sunday the seventh of April, ten through till four thirty. Entry eight dollars, children under eighteen free, students five dollars. And as I say, Michelle will be giving talks eleven, one, and three on both days. And artist Joe Reitz will be painting in the garden. That weekend. Now, um, we have uh, one free double pass to each of those gardens, to the Hyatt Garden and to the Eclectic Garden, um, very kindly offered to us from Open Gardens Victoria. If uh, you'd like to get one of those free double passes, give us a call now. The number is nine four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one nine zero one double five and give us your details and uh, one of those passes will be posted out to you now uh, also um, coming up and this is on uh, Sunday April the 4th so it's one for the diaries this is the next themed guided walk at Geelong Botanic Gardens Sunday 14th of April two o'clock uh, you meet your guide at the front steps of the uh, Geelong Botanic Gardens and uh, the theme is the first Australians. Uh, so they'll be uh, looking at uh, Aboriginal uh, uh, people living in the area of the Geelong Botanic Gardens depending on native plants and animals for all necessities and managing the limited resource as well. So you can learn about the ways they use plants for food, fibre, medicine, weapons, transport, musical instruments and religious ceremonies. As I mentioned you meet the guide at the Geelong Botanic Gardens front steps and uh, (coughs) entry is a gold coin donation so that's coming up Sunday 14th of April. Now uh, I will have one more which I will mention but I'll do that a little bit uh, later during the program because that also applies for 13th and 14th of April. So um, I'll just wait till we clear some of these phone calls first before I mention that one. Evan, do you want to have a chat about... You sent me through some wonderful photos of um, a garden. I presume you had a hand in its design in an early learning centre up in Hamilton.
2: No, Horsham. Horsham, Horsham, Horsham. Horsham. Horsham yeah. yeah. I was up, up in Horsham on Thursday because um, I'm doing some work at Holy Trinity Lutheran School, doing, okay. doing their senior school. And uh, I've done a bit of work there over the years, so this is the you know the school slowly growing from only a junior school up into secondary, so that's that's exciting. Uh, it's right on the sort of right near the Wimmera River, which is an interesting site because mm-hmm. it it does flood uh, not regularly, but every now and again it will. So there's these humongous red gums. I didn't send you a photo of one of those. I'll send you a photo. They are massive. Um, they must be maybe. Two and a half metres across.
3: Okay. There's two yeah. of them.
2: Two of them right near the entry of the school. They are huge trees. The most beautiful thing. Um, but, but yeah, so I stopped in at um, an early learning centre that um, that we planted, uh, or that it was designed and and built uh, last summer, uh, summer, summer before. So it's about a year and a half old. Yep. And uh, it has just thrived. It's mm. done really well, and it's also we. If you look on my Instagram page, <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll see, um, is, it, is it called a page? I don't know. Um, you'll see the, the sculptural element we did at the front of the place as well, which was based on an Aboriginal fish trap. Oh, I mean, great. It's, not, mm. it's not supposed to that's be a, a fish trap, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the, inspired by it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, what it is, it's a little sort of steel tunnel um, with fish inside it that, that their patterns reflect down onto the ground uh, in the sunlight. Um, wow,
0: because in in the, in the photo, hilarious. I thought they must have been embedded into the puffer. Oh, really? It's, it's yes, that clear, it, isn't it's, it? It's very clear.
2: Yeah. So they're they're steel that that have um, different colours, coloured perspex put into them. So they're Ooh. they're um, perch, which is the fish mm. up that way. Yeah. And uh, the they're sort of laser, laser cut verge. out. So got, oh, I got, don't know. I can't remember. A, a-, it's a while ago, a- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Claire did the research yeah, on yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so they have different colours throughout to mm. to, to show their gills and and mm. um, uh, scales and so on. And they oh, when the water mm. when the, when the sun comes through, they reflect onto the ground. I love shadows. It's one of the things that I'm really keen on. Uh, and so, but it was just great because Kinder was finishing um, as I rocked up there. And every kid that came out of the kinder didn't go straight to the car park with their parent. They had to run through the fish trap oh,
1: first. Fantastic. Oh, so you can actually, because I haven't yeah, seen you. Yes, show, yes, I oh, yeah. go it's big through enough to go oh, through. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, you're, you're,
2: yeah. So you walk through it and it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's a tunnel. It's yeah. a tunnel, yeah, really. Yeah, but it's Wonderful. great. Yeah, there was even a parent that had to push the pusher, pusher through there.
3: Oh, fantastic. <laughs> big, then. It's yeah, big Yeah, right? they, they yeah. They had the
2: duck. Yeah, the parent had the well, duck. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so no, that, that's just been so successful and the landscape has been really successful as well we had a good landscaper on that job he was a local guy okay. uh, named by, uh, scott he was he was fabulous did did everything that needed to be done to make sure that we had good growth yep prepared yep. the
1: soil well obviously yeah. with this weather yeah exactly yeah
2: <laughs> so it's really boomed mm. and uh, things have just grown so quickly so we've got a lot of brachychitans in there it's called bella pink um
4: What's
1: that
2: one? Yeah. It's a it's a, a, it's a grafted one. Mm. It's a cross between um, what is it? Populiensis? I oh, know. What is it? Popolinius. I did write it down actually. What no is it? Popul. Populnius and Acerifolius. So oh, that's wow. so that's the Carajong. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the the one that we normally see around um, with the really red flowers. Yeah. So it flowers a little bit like that, mm. like the Illawarra Flame. Okay. flowers a little bit like that, mm. um, but it's pink. Yep. Um, mm. has the big green leaves, mm. and I think why that's been so successful um, and makes the, it just makes the place look so green. Mm. So one of the, one of the problems mm. you have when you're designing landscapes is not making it look too grey. Yes. So mm. you want it drought tolerant. But yes. But you don't want it grey. Mm, mm. And so this has been a real revelation using brachykeithens. We've used okay. them a lot in the last sort of three or four years. In pretty much all all the landscapes. Okay. But this one with its very large leaves, mm. um, not not as big as Illawarra, Illawarra flame trees. It's not quite as big, but just a beautiful green. Mm. Um, so the car parks planted out in them as well. And it just again makes the car park just look so so green. Mm. And they've
1: grown they've grown quickly and <laughs> really you quickly. You've to find large ones or be uh, they, really quite slow. Yeah, they. Mm. Oh,
2: I, I'm surprised how fast they've been. Yeah, now I great. guess I guess they're in a very sunny environment up there. Um, they're the ones in the car park are not irrigated at all. The ones in the playground would be irrigated a little bit, um, and they've probably grown at the same rate mm. really so it probably doesn't matter so much. Mm. Uh, But when you drive in, the car park is just green. Whereas if we had have planted that with eucalypts, which would be probably the normal thing we would have done, Mm. it wouldn't have that same vibrancy. Yes. Yes. so, yeah, so it's just been really successful. We do have eucalypts in there and, and we have, you know, gold dust waddles and things like that. And they've all just done exceptionally well. So the place has got that lived-in look in a year and a half. Yeah. Because the canopies are up. Yep. Yep. So quickly.
0: Mm. Well, I want to talk to you also about the slide area. Now, mm. that's planted from memory. That, that's the one that's planted. Are they she-oaks? Mm.
2: Um, the slide area's got the brachychitans in oh, it. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a... Well, it 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 should be a type of beshconeria, but uh, it ended up some kind of yucca that the landscaper put in because it wasn't what, you know, we couldn't... He couldn't get mm. what I wanted okay. at the time. Okay, okay. But that's done really well. No, so that's um that's those... That's um, the brachychitans. The brachychitans, the belly wow. Pink, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's really closed it in, hasn't it? It has. So, yeah, we're, we often do slide mounds in playgrounds because... Um, for two reasons, kids love height. They love, you know, so you can mm. put rocks up to get up to the to the height of the slide. But also, it's just environmentally, it's quite useful because if you're digging out a sand pit, rather than truck the soil away, you you're better off putting it into a mound. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it just sort of makes sense. So, what are the pipes? Are they, they for water play? Uh, the pipes, the... Yeah, so there's steel pipes that come down, curving down beside the um, slide on both sides of the slide. No, they're for um, throwing matchbox cars down, oh. or, or balls. I was looking or... at these pipes, yeah.
0: and think, all I could think of was maybe water play. And then yeah. I'm thinking, but the water's not going to go anywhere yeah. when it gets to the bottom of the pipe. Yeah, that's right. Although
2: kids might put water down it. I mean, and that would be a cool thing to do. You know, you pour water down it and slide down the slide, and try and catch well, it. Well, then it you can the sail a end.
1: boat down it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I can't wait yeah. to see this thing now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the other thing I
0: think uh, was very clever, which I don't see it done very often, was you've used a double slide. So instead of mm. wasting the space by only having the slide that one child at a time can use, mm. it's a double slide. So two mm. kids can go down and race each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and no, that, that is what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, that is what happens. We always put I double slides. I loved it, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and and we have used um, she-oaks in the in the area as well. So, you know, you often put a little teepee, or these days we sort of put tents. Um, and you just surround it with, like... Yep. And casuarinas are great for that. Yep. Because they really enclose it, and you, if you sit in there and it's a windy day, you get that it's beautiful wind oh, that lovely. goes, goes mm-hmm. yes. through. Oh, lovely. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, yeah, so, no, and I think the sandpit, you know, it has water play, and we did have a, a sort of rock rill, but in the end, it, it ended up as logs, which actually has worked really, really well. So they just... Because, of course, there's red gum everywhere in, yep. in, around Horsham. So they've they've just sliced up some red gum and made water rills out of it. Mm. And that flows into the sand mm. pit. Um, I'm just really pleased that the shade has come so quickly. So mm. they did put shade sails up, um, which were off another playground. Um, but... I reckon another two years and they'll be. They won't. They really won't need, need them. They'll, they'll be able to take them out and yep. put them somewhere else. Yep. Which that's is right. really really good. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. So it's a really good mix of plants through mm. the whole thing, and uh, it, it is. It, it has a little bit of wow factor. Mm. And and it's you know been occupied now for a year and a half, and it's still holding out really well. And I love it now because <laughs> that's a good it, test. Well, oh, yeah, you know, it it's it's a tricky thing with <laughs> with playgrounds. Mm, mm. Um, because you have to try and anticipate where the kids are going to move mm. through the site um, and you restrict smaller plants to areas where you, you anticipate they won't run. Because yep. the, mm. if they run through, particularly in the first six months or year, then mm. the things are gone mm. yes, and exactly. they're gone forever and they, mm. yep. they, they don't get replaced. Yep. One of the interesting things, though, it's always difficult putting lawn. So there is a small amount of lawn in there mm. and... Um, it's always a difficult choice what to use. Mm, i was going to ask you. What to um, use. <laughs> and what, what I thought was really interesting was that the the manager there, she said, look, the lawn through the winter because it's kaikoura, was was really you know obviously quite poor, um, as as it is you know it's yeah. quite cold mm. up in Horsham. Yes. And uh, but she said we just we just roped it off, and the kids knew that, well that's the cycle. And I think that's really good. Not mm. everyone will do that. Yes. Mm, mm. But to teach kids that, okay, well, we're going to rope it off now, but in September or, or October, mm. you'll be back on it and, mm. and it'll be beautiful. And it's something and it, to look forward to. It's something to look mm, forward yeah. to. It changes, it changes it up. Exactly. Mm. Which mm. is what, the, I mean, that's, that's how Playgrounds become successful in yep. early learning as well. It comes down to the teachers. Mm. So we provide <laughs> spaces. Mm. And and they provide the extra things that change the the spaces mm. throughout the year. So that so they have you know they might decorate um, something or um, put a cover over something or introduce a kitchen into the sandpit or whatever it might be. So yeah. our job is to create spaces that they can manipulate. And they've done, just, they've done it really well. Fabulous. Up there, really, yeah, really, really well. Yeah. We had another one. We've had two, two open this year as well. So, okay. one just recently in Highton, which is just the other side of Geelong. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, that's growing magnificently as well. Mm. So, although it's been dry mm. for growing, mm. for, for trees and things like that, it's been magnificent. Mm. Um, and the other one was in Altona. That one has been extraordinary. It had, um, there was 160 places w- it was its um, capacity, and it's about five places off capacity within the first two months. Goodness. Or something. Yes. But mm. put it down to the landscape, obviously. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with the building. <laughs> it, uh, it actually is a very interesting building. If you look at it on Near Map or Google Earth, it's like a big kite.
0: Okay. Mm. Um,
2: and, uh, and, and so it's quite playful itself, the building. Um, is it new? Is yeah, it it's new. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's new. It doesn't um, sound
1: like anything I knew in Altona in particular. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's just down from the council buildings um, right next to a primary school.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And again, we've done the slide mound and putting... We, we now put very big trees in right from day dot because yep. shade is mm. such, a, oh, yeah. such a thing. You know, yep. really, people are very conscious of it. Yep. Um, and we're also trying to design sand pits that are long and skinny, more so. So that you can get trees right next to the sandpit, oh great, and you yeah. know, and have the trees growing within deck areas, yes, again, so they can get right to the sandpit, but yet they're not going to get the foot traffic on the root balls, mm. and all yeah. that sort of stuff has been really, really beneficial. So that that playground looks like it's been there for three or four years, mm. yet it's only mm. not even a year old mm. so far. Mm. Um, and we used the bracky there as well, and okay. rupestrous out the front, yep, uh, which are you know the really conic bottle trees. Mm, yes. So in, oh, in wow. years to come the front facade of the building will have there's about fifteen of them that run along the front of the <laughs> That's building. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, we, we we got a bit carried away on that one. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's things like um when you drive in, um it's a bit like coming into port. At, right. Down at Altona. So we've got the white poles with the channel markers oh, okay. on the top. And Fantastic. one of them we've got a, a cut out of a cormorant.
3: Yeah. Sitting on the
2: sitting on the top. Um and as you get to the front door we have pelican feet that are sandblasted into the concrete. (laughs) So so you know, you follow the pelican in and then we had a, a sculptor um do a do a couple of wooden pelicans in the playground. So when you Beautiful. walk in, you sort of get to a window and there's the pelicans, one with a sort of a fish hanging out of its oh, mouth. Oh, fantastic. You can shake the fish and it, it rattles. <laughs> 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 that, that was Claire's idea. It's yeah, just, yeah. just a ripper thing she did there. Oh, great. Um, yeah, and out the back there's there's other bird feet, you know, through the through the concrete as well. So all mm. oh, those, just those little quirky things that mm. that make it she, interesting she for off. kids. Yeah. Mm.
0: Something I should mention too, Evan, while we're talking about um, early uh, learning centres, um, Victorian Schools Garden Awards, which is now called, it's gone through a name change, it's Victorian Schools Garden Programs, mm-hmm. they've broadened uh, their um, the scope of their awards program and this year for the first time they're also including um, awards for preschools. Hmm. So if there's any staff of preschools out there listening, um, if you'd like to, to get, um, you know, help with getting the garden hmm. established at your preschool, this is a, an opportunity to apply for one of these. Um, there's, there's grants at the beginning of the year to help you get established and then there's awards at the end of the year um, as well to provide more money for ongoing um, Creation, mm-hmm. so uh, that is excellent. It's great that that whole program has been extended. So yep. I just thought I'd, I'd mention that.
2: Yeah, no, that's really good because they they do struggle a lot of the community based ones to that's get right. the funds to do things, that's and right. it really comes down to the parents um, helping out in one way, either financially or, or physically, yep. to get things done. So that, that is really good.
0: Yeah, so if you, just, if you just type in Victorian schools garden awards, it should all come up and how to apply and all the rest of it. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that's excellent. Um, we're doing a small one at the moment. It's interesting. We don't often do refurbs of, of playgrounds, but it's actually really interesting because you have to be sensitive as to, you know, there might be elements in a playground that parents have donated over the years where you mm. can't just dismiss it. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, well, that's a that's a key element. They, exactly. They clearly thought it was a good thing at the time, mm. but it still is. Or a plant that's special to people. Yeah, that yeah. It or a doesn't plant. really fit in. Yeah, yeah, but leave it there <laughs> yes. and work mm. around it. Which, or leave it somewhere else. <laughs> which is, <laughs> yeah, which is really different um, to be able to do that. The other thing we've been including a lot is, um, you know, the upright apple trees. Ah yes. Um, the the Flemings ones, yes, although yes. they're not only grown by Flemings now. I noticed the ones that were put in in the Heighton garden weren't a Flemings variety. The, those newer There's, ones
1: actually have better fruit. So, right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Um, but you, you can have whole when you're, clusters when of them fresh. I mean. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can have clusters of them. So you can mm-hmm. create mazes out of
1: them mm-hmm. and those
2: sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they provide so much fruit.
4: It's Mm. incredible how Mm. much they produce. They get a
1: lot taller than they they are perhaps listed to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. They get four or five (coughs) metres. They're massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But that's perfect. That's what we want. Must be like two metres in
1: Europe or something (laughs) if you think, (laughs) what?
2: (laughs) And they get quite broad too, don't they, in the longer term? They get like Um. a metre and a half.
1: Well, they're not really meant to. So yeah, you but they do. you are well. You're uh, officially you're meant to cut them off if they go beyond that. But I mean, if you're right. making a maze, it doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, they're meant to be pruned to stay within that columna columna uh, shape. So yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Oh. No, so so the the, um, the apples are really good. You know, to to have in there. We've put them in all of them. In fact, when I was at at the Horsham School, um, we had put them. In their sort of productive garden area, okay, and they had apples on them.
3: Yeah, great. um,
2: Now, so um, you know, it's good that they're using them, but they're really easy to control. They're not outrageously big. Yes, Mm. Um, and they don't.
1: They don't. You can. You can either let them do what you're saying, just mm. follow their own way, Mm. throw out an extra arm if they want to, but they. You know, they are so easy to explain to people how to prune, Mm. whereas whereas they don't have to think about. I mean, if they don't have these long arms, then you don't even have to do any pruning because I was taking out a bit of deep That's right. every now and then. Yeah. So you can't get any easier than that. No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to <laughs> learn about fruiting spurs and all no, the rest of it. No, yeah. No. yeah. And they can still have apples. And they look yeah. really cute too. They're yeah. quite cute yeah.
3: apples. Yeah, yeah,
2: they are. Well, they're quite good dessert apples. I think that one I looked at was polka. Okay. And uh, it was a good size mm. apple. Mm. Yeah. So they, they're they really, really good. Because so, there's not... Some some people are quite scared about putting fruit trees into early learning centres, which is a, oh, a so. new thing to me. Oh, the uh, same mess. old
0: thing of dropping oh. if fruit, drops, Drop, someone fruit, fruit will slip on it, or oh yeah,
2: it's extraordinary, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yes. <laughs> occupational health and the, safety gone mad. Yep, yeah. the sort of things we we have mm. to try and justify mm. as to why why we're putting something in. Mm. Sometimes you you look at the comments that come back from certain organisations and you think, really, um, you sure? <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, it's just always just to us it seems like a no brainer. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but but not to everybody, you know, and that's okay. I mean, well, that's mm, what makes the world go round. I've
1: worked at a lot smaller ones than you, but they're all just mostly all mulched, and so you know, there's not there's no slip hazard, you know, happening. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I can't believe that they would think that an apple would cause. <laughs> <slip>. <laughs> oh yeah, they bring oh, they bring them in their lunches. Like what's yeah. the difference? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh no, rotting fruit. You know, a child might eat. Some rotting fruit oh. or something like that, which, you know, okay, if you're doing an autistic school or something, um, you know, you do have to be conscious well, of that sort thing. Well, that might sort of be thing. different, but, yeah, yeah, in, but not
1: in a normal general school general environment. Yeah. School. yeah, and we also exactly. do yeah. have teachers there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 Who hopefully can explain. Yeah, know yeah. the difference. Yeah, most people yeah. know the difference between a good apple and a bad apple. Yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> okay. of the, one of the other things
2: that we did in the Altona one was we created just this... Um, it's just a net that's horizontal just between timbers. So it's about a metre by a metre and there's three of them in a row and it's about seat height off the ground. And we weren't sure how that was going to work out, whether that was a good idea mm. or about and you never know until we... Mm. And I was there and there was one child that uh, I spoke to the teacher about it because he was just laying on it looking up at the sky. And uh, she said, oh, he just loves it because it's quiet. Ah, and this is one of the things you have to be really conscious of when yep. you're designing um, playgrounds. Not every kid wants to run like a maniac no, through, exactly. the, through the garden. Mm, exactly. Some of them want that quiet, passive play. Yes. Um, and, and some so are really
1: affected <coughs> by too much noise. Exactly. And, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. So efficient. quiet areas are yeah. terrific. Mm, yeah. yeah.
2: So that was really. That's always a. Oh, phew. That that really worked. Mm. You know. That's really nice. Well, your
0: your TP's <coughs> would have that sort of effect yeah, in some ways, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, they do, although we've gone off teepees. Um. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> having just seen a photo of a teepee. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah well, that was, that was you know, okay. a year and a half ago. Oh, Pam. goodness, come we on. moved on. We moved on from teepees. <laughs> uh, we, we do tents now. Oh, right. Yeah, we do tents. So it first came about uh, on a job in Ballarat, uh, and we went to Sovereign Hill for inspiration. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the white tents that they have uh, at, at mm. Sovereign Hill. Yeah. And so it didn't actually end up in the Ballarat one, Um, but but there's one at the Heighton one, there's one at the Altona one. So they're good. You can see under them and so on, and, and they have a bit of synthetic grass underneath them. But what we feel like the teachers will be able to use them for is when it's raining... They'll mm, be able to mm. go and sit under there mm. and hear the rain. <coughs> and be outdoors. Yeah, put yeah. their hand out, feel the rain. Yes. You know, you, they don't often get that opportunity because there's generally nothing of, of cover. So mm. you could fit about eight kids and a okay. teacher in there. And I can just feel mm. like you'd, you'd sit in there and read a book or City whatever. City camping or something. City camping, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, tents are our, our new thing. No. You know, we've we've moved on from teepees. <laughs> and <camp. laughs> to keep it interesting for the now, kids. Now, if
0: you're going to sit out there and it's going to be raining, you mm. need a frog pond somewhere nearby yeah. too.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Frog ponds in early learning centres are definitely are tricky. Problematic, yes. <laughs> definitely problematic. Never mind. Yeah. Although the one at Digger's Rest that we're doing the refurb on, um, they actually have a frog living in the sandpit.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. And
2: I forget what the frog is, but it might be uh, is a growling something or another, growing grass frog. So, yes, something like like that, yep. So So it it might be endangered too. Uh, And and one of the things that, because you do um, consultation with the kids, one of the things that they wanted to do was make sure the frogs were still happy. Yes. So although they need a bigger sandpit, so we've just sort of designed another sandpit next to the existing sandpit so we don't have to dig up the existing one because you don't want to disturb the frog. So that's cool that they have, have a frog and sometimes they actually, you know, obviously catch it and and play with it. That doesn't happen every other day. No, okay. Yeah. Actually, that... that, And and
0: you're not dealing with a body of water.
2: No, that's right, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's good, that kinder, in that it had an area just outside it that um, has relatively mature melaleucas and a couple of eucalypts through it. Mm. And I asked the council whether we'd be able to move the fence and include that space. Mm. And they they agreed. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Great. So they those kids, and you won't have to do much in there. I think I've just put a picnic table and a tent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and they'll be it's like a little bush, mm. bush sort of thing. Because you walk through there and there's just little twigs on the ground and mm. yeah, lots of leaves and all of that yep. sort of thing. Great. Which, which doesn't happen in new places. Yeah. You know, it's it, you need. 15 years for that stuff to yep. mm. to eventuate. Yep. So they're going to be very lucky, those Because if you kids.
1: get how disconnected so many small children oh, yeah. are from <laughs> That's nature. Right. Oh, Absolutely. Yep. Mm.
0: It is high time we opened up our talkback lines. If you'd like to ask a gardening question this morning, we're running through until 9.15, we'd love to hear from you. That number, 94190155, to speak to Evan or Karen, or we have Carol on the outside line. If you'd like to have a chat to Carol... The number is 94198377. Incidentally, Evan, do you have all these um, pictures of what we've been talking about up on your Instagram page? Um,
2: well, some I, of them I, anyway. I put a video up uh, the other day of, the, of walking through the fish trap. Okay. Um, but uh, no, I haven't put any more on. Yeah, I don't want to overload my fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very conscious about putting too many things on, because. Okay. It's, but I will, I will put images on um, this week if the. It'd be nice if our playground. listeners could have a look at, at yeah.
0: some put of what we've been talking about. Put so a little group of photos or something okay. so people can scroll through.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: So mm. what? What's the address to go to the page? Uh,
2: if you type in ochre landscape, so O C H R E landscape. Yes. You'll you'll come up with me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Yep. All right, mm. Karen. We should also um, mention that you're <coughs> about to try and fit in a whole lot of new water tanks into your garden.
1: Oh, yes, yes. I did mention that to you the other day, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah, as soon as that open garden was over, I thought, right, time to do some radical garden movement. And so, yes, uh, yeah, if it would rain and fill them up, it would be good, but yeah. Um, Yeah, we we try to fit in three new slim lines um, in a narrow area between uh, between our bungalow and the fence where we previously had 1,000 – you could only fit before 1,200 litre tanks in the old water wall which doesn't seem to be even in business anymore but um, my partner who loves searching online for things – because uh, I'm a bit less patient, so I would have gone, yep, oh, that will do, yeah, we'll get that type. I wanted to put an underground bagel or donut. That, mm. that, okay. You know, but yes. that was only going to get us uh, three and a half or five, or something like that. Okay. So then he found these new, larger, new, um, uh, really reinforced ribbed kind of tanks and slightly taller than what we had before. But we can, we can get them in 1,000, 2,000 and 3,000 litres, which I've slightly forgotten the brand of them now, but they're sold in Sydney Road Coburg, so it's not too hard to find. And, um, yeah, they're fantastic, and they said that as soon as they get them in, they come from Adelaide, so they're manufactured in Adelaide. Okay. But, yeah, to be able to fit 9,000 litres in a narrow spot where previously we've only had two, two thousand, um, two thousand four hundred or something. Okay. Pretty much you know, nothing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big improvement. And we've uh, reused one of the one of the uh, water walls around the site so- around the other side of the house where we um, had only one thousand two hundred for toilet flushing. So now we're gonna we, John's just sort of um, combined them. So we've doubled our toilet flushing water and we've, you know, way increased our garden water. So That's it's a just so hard to retrofit, you know? It's, yes. it's not yes. easy. No. As you know as everybody knows. So <laughs> So yeah, this is, um, this, that uh, one radical thing he did, uh, when I came home from the garden show one night and I woke up in the morning, he said, Oh, didn't you look outside? And, um, on the garage roof where I've got some, um, some turmeric growing in recycled, um, p- um pots of uh, recycled, uh, recycled tubs before we oh, yes. the bins, um, the beehives up there, some veggie pods, things like that. All of a sudden my greenhouse is up there. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, right, okay, where are the plants? So anyway, there was a bit of discussion about that. And it ended up with, um, yes, they, they got put in there. So <laughs> I said, I have to go. I've got this thing going on every day, you know. So uh, some discussion happened very early in the morning. Right. And uh, he very kindly um, agreed to put the plants in before he took off to a bike race. So I have to ask, yeah. how
0: easy is it to climb up on your roof? Oh,
1: uh, there's a ladder. Yeah, there's a ladder. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes through the, you, you transition past the aquaponics system, so it's in stages. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a home keep fit program. <laughs> I know, it sounds a bit wacky, but anyway, so yeah, th- now that's up there. So the, look, it has a lot more light, because of course my garden has a lot of shade still, even hmm. with one biggish tree gone recently, Yep. the apricot, but yeah, So so yes, there it is. Mm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, so yeah. this is
2: all on your roof. Roof. A garage house. roof. A oh, garage roof. Yeah, we
1: have a normal, you know, quite steep roofed house. Yeah. Oh, I mean, as in a period home. Mm. It's because we're in the mm. northern suburbs, and um this is a garage roof. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: It's <laughs> good. You can't have enough water storage in a garden. No, I mean, oh, of course yeah, you, I you can't. I don't think yeah. your garden's particularly big, is it? What is, it's it's not less
1: than just less than six hundred square meters. Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't count the nature strip and the garage yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> so It's added a bit on. So, so you'll have bit, yeah. what,
2: ten thousand litres now? Well that you
1: can't kinda of count the toilet water, but will have we'll have nine thousand, but then we can think <laughs> about Then then we can move into... Now the greenhouse has gone out of that area where the aquaponics is. We're going to completely redesign the aquaponics. Don't know quite what yet. That's why there's all sorts of really interesting and weird photos in the... um, Besides the fact I'm going to try and help um, do a little bit of display work for the Open Gardens Victoria stand next year. That's why I've got... You might think, what's that a picture of? But it's just some little idea that I'm thinking, yes, yes, that'll be great next year. Mm. So I'm going to help Mm. them do a little Mm. bit of volunteering on that. And... um, and uh, get more people interested, basically, to come in and talk. talk to, so hopefully, fingers crossed, that looks nice next year. Yep. And, um, yes, yeah, so I'm getting ideas. Of, someone had a little Perspex fish tank. And actually, I thought I um, got the idea from my local gelati shop. They're also really interested in Minnow um, you gelati. They're also interested in um, fish, or she is anyway. Yes, okay. The maker. okay. And she's got these out, indoor tanks that are kind of outdoors. And I thought well, my aquaponics could look like that instead of this very industrial-looking thing. Mm. So yeah, we're going to try and do something um, interesting. Don't know what yet. So okay. yeah, that's what's happening: redesign of yeah. um, areas concerned with water. Yeah. Mm. Yes, concerned with water. And yeah, the big problem with the garage roof has been that I need to change everything over to wicking beds of some sort because the, you know, the, ex- the too much water on the roof has caused issues. Because somebody dashed in and didn't think in advance. Who would that be? <laughs> <laughs> no idea who that person He's a be. structural engineer, yeah. I take it. Yeah. No, no, he actually works on planes. But, uh, <laughs> but um, he's very considered and likes to do things one thing after the other. And someone else has a very impetuous nature. So <laughs> don't know who that could be.
0: Well, the two of you make a good pair then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He well, your <laughs> impetuousness. <in laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you exactly. just can't
2: have enough water, though, can you? No, no, you, you, can, you just no, can't. No, oh, we, no. have, um, for 40, we have forty thousand. We have forty five thousand liters. Forty thousand. But yeah. Still, um, you still, know, And we really just use it for well, particularly because we have two lots of raspberries. We have the normal spring ones, and we have the ones that we oh, cut yeah. right yep. back that we, we get in the autumn. Yep. We use so much water on those raspberries because they get so massive through the summer. And uh, last year, we didn't water them that much. So although it's set fruit, then uh, we just lost it all. So this year, we watered it and we got heaps. But it's amazing how we went through the water. Um, mm-hmm. We were out. Like, basically, when the raspberries were, you know, ready to eat, we were pretty much out of water. And that's 40,000 litres. You know, it it just, mind you, sometimes (laughs) you do forget to turn it off.
3: Mm. Um,
1: Well, I think it's interesting how much water... This is going back to Burnley days, so I'm hoping I'm remembering this correctly. It was some time ago. But it was something like um, 200 litres. Like, this is in orchard growing. Like, mm. So this is sort of learning about irrigation and what commercial growers use. And it's also, I've tried to remind people of this when I'm consulting, to say, look, don't feel guilty about, because you go and see people's gardens and the only thing standing between them and, and success, with, when not, you know, failure and success with their fruit or their veggies is they're just not watering enough. And they said, oh, but I don't want to water too much. I don't want to waste water. Mm. But, you know, commercial growers use so much water. And I think mm. it was something like 200 litres of water per tree per, ter, per day or per week. It was mm. so, I, honestly, now I've forgotten <laughs> I need to look it up again. But some ridiculous amount. It must have been per day because you're talking about flood irrigation with um, orchards in the area I come from. On Valley But um, yeah And you know Home growers are never Going to use that amount Of water on mm. each fruit tree We just don't have That luxury That's of right water. That's right So you know Home growing Is so economical Water wise really You know mm. So yeah We can never have enough But we will never use What commercial growers do mm. Because, I mean, they have to make a living out of it, of course. Of course, And their water's cheaper. But, yeah, you know, you can still achieve quite a lot with limited water, Mm. by timing your water, Mm. by timing your watering. Yeah. It's just expensive to be buying
2: it. So you have to store it. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, You just have to. um, Yeah. Which is a
2: big challenge on small properties.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, let's go to our first caller. We have uh, Michael in Forest Hill. Good morning, Michael.
4: G'day. How are you going?
0: We're well, thanks.
4: Just a quick thought. Um, I've often thought that um, one area where you could you could um, put um, water tanks and that sort of things under the, under under the driveway. Um, you, uh, yeah, um, uh, I think often often that is that's an area that's not thought about. Um, mm. Maybe a little bit expensive to get you know get a hole dug sort of thing and all that you know and um but all but 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 maybe I just thought I'd put that out that uh you are talking about tight spaces
2: and all that sort of
4: thing. Yes. Oh, look yeah. if if
2: you can afford to put um tanks underground, that yeah. is an amazing way of doing it because oh, you yeah. can get huge volumes and there's plenty of um methods
1: there's good methods out there now that yeah. are
2: out there, yeah. Um yeah. ones that, that uh you know, just get wrapped up, so they're basically like milk crates, ah, and, the mil- right. and, milk crate ones. and they they ah. can they 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 can all be driven over, uh, providing mm. they're done correctly and so on. Yeah. Um, we put in uh, our
1: concrete driveway just went just before the drought hit. Otherwise, we would have had twenty thousand litres of at least twenty thousand in our driveway. Mm. So yeah, I'm, a little, I'm just waiting till the concrete's older and I can justify digging it up, it, <laughs> digging up and throwing it away. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah 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 consider
4: can be a bit tricky, I suppose a bit costly, but at the same time, you know, um, you know it might be worth doing in,
1: in, in terms of, you know, the future. Yeah. Absolutely. And any new place, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes.
4: Mm.
2: It is very expensive, though. If you sort of work it back to um, mm. dollars per, per, litre per litre stored, yeah. mm. it's mm. by far the most expensive way. The next most expensive way is the slimline. Yeah, five months, um, and the cheapest way are the big round, big round, yeah. Things big yeah, round you've got so much space for those. But yeah, un- yeah. Under, underground.
1: Mm. The, the, and the other issue that came up, that changed over the last few years, is the working at depth laws changed, and so that's why the bagel and the donut. That's why we're going to look at those because you, they're very carefully designed so they don't, in, they don't go past the um, legal. Limit of depth where you have to um, have a whole lot more permits and and mm. um, a, whole, it's a whole it's a whole different ball game working um, when you go past those particular depths. So the bagel and the donut are these. I mean, it is a proprietary name, but yeah, they're they're designed to be driven over. And they, they they don't have to have a huge excavation to mm. put them in. So
2: yeah, it's a meter, I think. You, once you yeah. go beyond yeah, the meter, yeah. whether okay. you go up or down, it's a meter before you start needing. So that's added things.
1: to the expense of the underground ones now, <coughs> yes, unfortunately, absolutely. which is yeah. you know, not much you can do about it. Yeah, yeah but
2: the um it's the milk needed. crate type ones, um, they can be very shallow. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. They, they like often much, come, yeah. into four, they come in 400 millimetre modules, so you can do 800 millimetres and then put a you know, concrete paving over the top or whatever it might be. Mm. So that can just be very long and skinny and, and shallow. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the, the hardest things about those ones, though, and I often wonder how this is going to be, because a lot were put in um, in the drought, mm. is um, their longevity for silting up yeah because a of, you get to l- clean them you yeah. can't get in and yeah. clean them, mm. so that that's probably the thing that's you know so th- their capacity will be reducing every day mm. Mm. um so I suppose that's one of the big downsides i mean there are schools that put them under you know, like soccer fields and things mm, like that, mm. and and they are enormous, yes. you know, a million litres yes. and, and the like.
1: Amazing. Holy um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, a million litres on a on a footy oval but in if the
3: you've
1: summer got to be watering actually doesn't that, go that far. No, it mm, wouldn't.
3: It wouldn't. It,
2: a cycle on a footy oval might take 70,000 litres. Yeah. So if you've got a million litres, there's, there's 12 waters. Yeah. Mm, mm. You know, it, it's a big consumer um, same, same with gardens, you know, it's, it's pretty mm. easy to put mm. put a thousand liters on a garden. Mm. I, mm.
4: Yeah, I look, I, all, 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 all I'm sort of thinking is, like we, you know, we've gone through this dry period now, and suddenly we've got all this rain. Um, I guess there be a lot of people are thinking about it, but you know, um, you know, we'll we, we, be wise to sort of capture it mm. somehow, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, uh, I didn't realize I didn't realize it was, um, you know that much thought put into it i thought i was the only one i thought I, yeah I thought that
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea it's a good idea
4: yeah though. yeah it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, still a great oh, idea yeah. yeah yeah okay all right right. I'll, I'll try and think of something
3: new
0: back to the drawing board yeah okay okay thank you bye
4: thanks yes. bye actually
1: there was a few interesting ideas at the garden show too uh, oh there's one i saw actually um one of the proprietary wicking bed um, manufacturers, Biofilter. You've got your veggie pod there, and there's also Biofilter. Yes. And they've got a new system where they've got 100 litres of water. Well, it's more that they've got a larger reservoir, but they're kind of turning into mini tanks at the bottom of each bed. Yes. And, of course, there's all the water... Well, not waterfalls. There's There's a number of other products that have come out that are... Because um, John was telling, because he was searching through them all, but there's some that you can use as um, seating areas, and so we're going to look into some of those as mm-hmm. well. Mm. So there's all sorts of other novel things out there yeah. that yeah. a ways to store water in your landscape. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Biofilter as a company have been, have been really looking into this uh, in creative ways of storing water in your garden. Exactly. And, um, highly engineered. Yes. They, that's what
1: they were showing me yesterday. That's in that um, sust- whole sustainable house set up thing mm-hmm. at the garden show, was showing Evan the photos of. And um, they've got a system that they have, they connect. The, it's a bit like the um, the rain gardens. It's a rain garden idea. Mm. But they've got a little... Because di- I said, oh, how do you not get an overflow? So they connect the, the series of um, wicking beds, large wicking beds, I should say, to the downpipe. And they said, oh, we've got a diverter at the beginning. So if you have a, over a certain rain flow, it automatically goes to the stormwater system so you don't flood it. Right. And then you've got an overflow as well. So okay. they, uh, they're very that's highly a engineered. That's a very good idea. Is, yeah. is that a new idea? It's fairly new, yeah. <laughs> <It's> highly engineered. <laughs> oh, yeah. can yeah. that be great?
3: Yeah. That is <laughs> a good <laughs> idea. No, so, it is.
2: Because, yeah. Yes. Um, we, we've done... Wicking beds, you know, using uh, steel tank type, you know, so they actually have a steel bottom in them. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, obviously you have a, an overflow, but connecting it up to the stormwater is, <laughs> like, it seems mm. a bit dumb now thinking about it. Why didn't I think about that before? Well, But me- that makes yeah. perfect sense, doesn't it? Because it's just topping up all the time. Exactly. And running through and then out the other end if it's full. Yep.
1: Mm. Well, Mel- Melbourne Water, um, I was involved with helping some teach some of their uh, – teach a one particular year's program on just running little workshops for councils for home gardeners about putting in rain gardens and one of the most popular questions was why can't we grow vegetables in the rain garden and they hadn't officially decided whether their policy would allow that because of oh there might be contaminants on the roof that come down and etc etc and they did eventually on the, if you can look on the Melbourne Water website they've got a vegetable bed rain garden so you could yeah. look at that as a model and I don't know whether Biofilter used that as, as part of their inspiration. But um, they certainly did finally develop that. But you didn't see much out there about it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so now um, Biofilter has this slightly different... They've incorporated it into their system, which every time I look at their systems, they're even more engineered. So they've they've also solved another problem of wicking beds, which is the flushing out of the excess minerals and nutrients and salts that have gone down to the bottom, uh, which weren't in the original designs of wicking beds years ago. And so they've got... They are able to their system allows the very last dregs of water to come out I mean you can also just put in a lower pipe of course and and flush it out every every year or so but they 've got little um, what would you call like little um, cones uh, in their plastic um, molding that allow the roots to get right down to the bottom of the water, mm-hmm. and the overflow is also very so. Therefore, the water flow is very low. So it's, it's yeah, highly engineered systems. It's pretty mm. sophisticated. You
2: mean they have cones going down to the bottom uh, that are filled that are filled with, with growing, media. Yeah, yeah, growing media? Yeah, that's that's yeah. how we have built them yeah. over the years. So with thin cones? No, we oh, use right. uh, 150 mil pipe. Oh, okay. So right, yes, um, yeah, yeah. you fill the bottom of the um. Uh, wicking bed with turned up upside down plastic pots.
1: Oh, you're doing the pot thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then
2: in between those, you put the 150 mil pipes. Yes. And and then you put your your gravel in there. Yeah. Um, and then put by a uh, geotextile material mm-hmm. over the whole thing and poke it down into those 150 pipes.
1: So where are you putting your gravel as opposed to the pipes? The
2: um, so the gravel goes in relation to the pipes. It, it goes all around them. Oh, okay, right, all around okay, them, yeah. And then you, you put the geomaterial uh, over the top and mm-hmm. poke it down into the pipes. Oh, okay. You, you yeah, cut yeah, it yeah, there yeah. and poke oh, it so in. Oh, so the roots can so, so that So that means when you put the soil in or the growing media, yeah. um, it fills up those those right, 150 yeah. mil pipes as well and and it comes up that way. So that and that that seems to really work. And it's a very cheap, it's a very cheap way of doing do yeah. it because yeah. when you when a job's being constructed, there's pots everywhere, yeah. plastic mm. pots which, you know, they can go and get recycled of course, but they can now also oh. yeah, have yeah. 30 years sitting underneath the um in a wicking bed. Yeah. And mm. they don't degrade. No, no. So it works really well.
1: It's just a good point to ask. Does anybody's, please, does anybody's council recycle 456? Uh, ours does. Which council are you? Because I can't Case, find it online uh, anywhere. Right.
2: Well, they used to. Um, I'm sure it's still on our, on our list that we can recycle. 456. Okay, yeah. excellent. Um, well, but there's also, <laughs> uh, you can take it to certain nurseries as well. For reuse, but... No, no, they do recycle.
1: None of the nurseries I go to recycle. They reuse. Oh. They reuse, yes. yes. I have been okay. wanting to find a but reuse place. So you re-cycle. can go and collect
0: them and wash them yourself and reuse them.
2: Uh, well, some of the bigger wholesalers certainly collect them and send them off for recycling.
1: Plantmark doesn't anymore. They've taken that away in Thomastown. Okay, stopped, All They right. don't even collect them anymore.
2: Right, that's interesting. i have yeah. to have a look into that. So if Cardinia
1: yeah. recycles, I'll be very happy to yeah. drive occasionally to Cardinia and take pots there. Or <laughs> well, next time I see you, bring a bootful. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> because it is a real problem in our industry. Yes, it is. It's a huge Oh, problem. it is. It's a huge yeah. waste, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that's the next big step in our industry is developing a pot that will last long enough yeah. but mm. then actually be biodegradable. Be
0: biodegradable, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have got um, – I, I mentioned at the start of the program that I had uh, – One more uh, community announcement to make. Now, this is one for the diaries. Um, uh, And, again, this is a garden opening for Open Gardens Victoria. But this is coming up um, in uh, two weekends' time. It's the 13th and 14th of April. um, And I'm mentioning this today because I actually will be interstate next Sunday, so I can't mention it next Sunday. So I'm mentioning it today. Um, so that you're all at least aware of what's happening in two weeks' time. So uh, it's an opportunity to see the autumn colours uh, at the Garden of Denaira, which is up on Mount Macedon. It's a historic Mount Macedon Hill Station garden. Now, it was established in 1872. Uh, It's an English-style garden and... uh, it has 16 acres of gardens considered to be of outstanding cultural significance by the National Trust of Australia, with several trees also listed on the Register of Significant Trees of Victoria. Now, the uh, entire property has remained surprisingly intact after surviving the devastating bushfires on Mount Macedon in 1983. Uh, the approach to Denira is via a majestic driveway flanked by 91 Dutch elm trees um, beyond uh, expansive lawns surround the historic home and with a backdrop of more than 150 different varieties of rhododendrons together with azaleas, dogwoods and other cool climate plants. Now, uh, a staggering variety of exotic trees and shrubs were introduced in the first 50 years of the garden, which was the height of the era of the plant hunters and collectors Uh, So the cutleaf walnut um, at the western corner of the house is still extremely rare in cultivation. Now, uh, the details are uh, Denaira is at Officer Lane in Mount Macedon. Um, It's opening Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th of April, so that's in two weekends time, 10am till 4.30. Now, entry for this one is $10, children under 18 free. And once again, I do have one free double pass to offer to one of our listeners, but you must remember that this uh, double pass won't function for two weeks. It's for the 13th and 14th of April, not next week end. So the first person who likes to uh, ring in on 941901 double five, you can receive that free double pass uh, to Denira. In the meantime, let's go to our next caller, and we have uh, Jill from the Herb Society. Good morning, Jill. Good day, Pam. Um, Yes, on Thursday, this coming Thursday
3: at 7.15pm, Penny Woodward, who's um, just published a book with Pam and another lady... With Karen. Yes, um, on tomatoes, is coming to talk about tomatoes uh, at the Herb Society, which is at Burnley. Right. Room, room 10 in the old cream brick building and you enter by the steel ramp. And for people who need to come by public transport, you can get the uh, tram along Riversdale Road or Swan Street. And uh, we have a herbal supper. We have a raffle. We sell herbal bumps you know, for about $4 each. And uh, it's a jolly good evening. So about 40 people usually come. Excellent. And so we also have free cuttings. So there's lots of reasons to come, especially to come and hear Penny. Um, and she will have some of her tomato books and I think possibly some of her other books on garlic and so forth for sale as people have missed out on them.
0: Okay. So thanks, Pam. That's okay. That's fine. Thanks, Jill. Bye. Bye. Okay, uh, we are running through until 9.15, so if you'd like to jump on the phones and give us a call, ask a gardening question, the number is 94190155, or to speak to Carol on the outside line 94198377. Karen, you brought in uh, a couple of bits and pieces you've been growing in your own garden.
1: I have. There's a couple of things. There's uh, fajoa, which is very small this year because of, like a yes, yes. <laughs> <That> <laughs> of the dry weather. That is a
2: very small fajoa. Yeah. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I've been eating
1: slightly larger ones, but yeah, they they often can be like up to. I get some up to three inches long. Yes, mm. yes. Even on the regular old, um, you know, Selawiana, like just the species. I've got one that's um, like a. Grafted cultivar called, not uh, like a, a named cultivar called Mammoth, but interestingly enough, I get large ones on the on the uh, regulars. They do fruit better with a friend I've established over the years been okay. speaking to so many people. That's about this. interesting. Yeah, I because because they say they're
0: self pollinating and exactly. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's something I've gradually been learning from, you know, from you know people asking questions, and then also from my friend, uh, I've got a good friend at Bulleen Nursery, Lindy Lindy Cohen, one of the nursery managers, and. Speaking about blueberries of the one species, of the one cultivars and another friend from New South yeah. Wales, um, speaking about macadamias, a lot of plants that you do, that supposedly don 't need cross pollination do much better with friends so okay. macadamias, blueberries, and definitely for Joas. like. Then they'll go and fruit by themselves, like in my mum's garden, one sole plant growing under a gum tree, yeah. miles from any other It Just not defies all logic. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. So they do that. And then you think to yourself, well, they don't need a friend, but they definitely do fruit better and they get bigger fruit when okay. they're cross-pollinated. So anyone's got an issue with their Fajoas that's of, one.
2: Of all the fruits that don't need a lot of water. Oh, amazing, amazing. Amazing plant. I've yeah. given it
1: nothing yeah. all summer, really. Yeah. I've been, been very unloving towards it. Yeah. I'm a bit sad about that. <laughs> all
2: but it is one of those Incredible. plants that, you know, it's up there with olives, really. It's oh, yes. For its yeah. survival. Yeah, and still produces amazing fruit.
1: Yeah. Edible flowers, too. Lovely. Um, and also the... oh, you, um, you do? Toss them into a salad? Or oh, you just eat the petals. Salad? Yeah, The petals are really quite thick. Okay. Um, so they've got a lot of substance to them. So you can you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have your for flowers. You take off the petals, you leave the stamens, and they're still getting pollinated. Yeah. By the bees and birds and things. So oh, like, so you
0: don't actually pick the flower at no, all. No, you, you just, just
1: take the petals off. Wow. Okay. And they're they're really really yummy, and you can put them in a fruit salad or just yeah, eat yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. What so a great idea. Yeah, and um, the other blackbirds quite like them as well, but that's one way you get your flowers pollinated if they don't destroy the flowers in their vigour. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so another one that's doing well with minimal water, again, is this beautiful grape. So um, yeah, I know I we don't have smell and taste on radio, but you need to try because they smell and taste like strawberries. So. Um, oh, they're well. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, they really, really are. So this. That's is, not a normal grape at all. No, it's not a normal no. grape. <laughs> so... I'm not meant to crunch on radio, but what, crunchy what seed. what's the variety? So this is um, Vitus lambrusca. so that's not Vitus vinifera. So mm. Vitus lambrusca mm. excuse me, has um, um has its origins in coastal North America, so that makes it resistant to mildew. It has these much thicker leaves, so they're not good for making Delmardies or anything like that, unfortunately. And the ch- my chickens who like grape leaves don't like these; they won't eat them. Okay. So they've got haven't got that use, but um. You know strong leaves this grows in the shade still fruits fruits better in the sun i've got one in the su- in the back as well in more sun but in the front it grows along my front veranda it's planted in a little tiny space that wouldn't be bigger than you know a six or eight eight each pot maybe in the ground uh, transplanted it as a mature plant just for an experiment tug it up from the back brought it around um, cut it back a bit it's growing between a concrete pillar and the edge of the house. It only gets um, a bit of runoff from my pot irrigation nearby, which hasn't been enough to get the finger limes to produce fruit. Yeah. And that thing is still producing wow. masses of fruit. Goodness! So its name is, its full name is Vitis <coughs> Lambrusca Isabella. So Isabella is also known as strawberry grape or, fra- or fragola. Yeah, it's Fragola. Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm. yeah well, actually it's very fra- florally, isn't it? Yeah. Fragola is just my bad, um, poor Italian accent. So that just means strawberry. Yeah, very fragrant, yeah, but yeah. also um, strawberry in Italian, you know, from Fragreria or Well, the other thing yeah. is
0: that the Italians make a wine called Lambrusca. I'm wondering if they, <coughs> they use that grape. Mm. Yeah, yeah, true.
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Sampled a bit of that in the, in, in your trips, have you?
0: Uh,
1: no, it's too <laughs> sweet for me, actually, would you well, believe? Quite it's sweet, quite a sweet yeah. wine, yeah. yeah. So, so Rose Creek, um, Tony and Lena Siciliano, oh, yes. they make a white, they've got a white fruiting version of this, and okay. they make a white, wine from that there you go it's quite it's quite sweet not everyone likes it it's a you know it's a really a new, i like it because i like these grapes so yes. the, the red one has the strongest um is particularly like a strawberry there's a black fruited one too so i was selling all these at the open garden and everything but um the black fruited one is really oh, it's hard to describe it it also has that intense flavor they do have seeds and they're very peppery seeds but you can get a different flavor just by kind of sucking the fruit off and discarding the seed you know yep. spitting out the seeds. yep but, yeah, they're really amazing fruit to look out for. Um, I sold all my leftovers to Bulleen Nursery, so you can head out there and get some of those. Okay. And And I, will, I do propagate some every year, so I, I will get back to selling some. Fantastic. I sell them every year because they're naturally mildew resistant. You don't even have to spray them with milk. Like, I do nothing to this plant except prune it in winter. That, that's it. Mm. And, and cover the fruit from the, from the um, vermin. General How do government. you cover your fruit? Uh, I've tried various methods. Um, uh, mm. Nylon curtains is the easiest way for the grapes. I find like old nylon curtain fabric, like quite because it doesn't catch on to the doesn't the catch, vines. doesn't yes. catch. And yes. also, uh, you know, the netting was just hopeless. The birds would just pull mm. it through all the, yes, top, through right. all the time, and the, the rats got into it. And yep. the rats look, you know, the rats will still get to that if they're there. They're what other they're in the pajamas at the moment. So. Mm. <laughs> they're busy, but uh, yeah, wrap it so you get really nice long pieces, and you can. I'm doing hand movements here. But you can wrap it around and then close pe- you know, curl yes. it up at the yes, top and yes, close yes. pegs. Okay. Because okay. the, ba- yeah, the individual bags are quite good too. Um, mm. But the, the curtain fabric is really quick. And then you can throw the whole thing in the washing machine afterwards. Yes. So yeah. it works out pretty well.
2: Yeah, I tend to do the individual bags. I and, do I do that and, as well. And, and I, I do it, too because yeah, I, I was so
0: well. sick of trying to deal with netting. It's, mm. it's oh, netting, so. Netting's annoying. dreadful. Yes, 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 terrible. Yeah, terrible. And, really
2: and they do just pluck through it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it then breaks, you, you catch especially. the netting. You can't get the netting off because it catches on the ends of the branches yes. and you break and. You can
2: put holes in it anyway. Yeah,
1: and it's all. It's a nightmare stuff. But I have to say, the nylon curtain, a little warning because of the weird weather we had and, and talk, you're talking about berries before. I thought that I, this year was going to be my biggest berry crop ever, you know, that thing mm. of counting your chickens before they're hatched or whatever, counting their berries before they're mm. ripe. And I went away, we went away at Christmas, so wrapped all the berries up in the nylon curtain fabric as previous years. You yep. sort of put it at the top and just drape it over, peg it, easy peasy. And we got sudden rain and sudden heat, and they just cooked in there.
3: Oh, oh it was no. cruel. And yes. not
1: even the birds would eat those leftovers afterwards when right. I took the things off. Yeah, just devastated. Yeah. Devastated. I hardly got any berries until the blackberries came on, the thornless blackberries. So because right. they were later. Yep. So and the raspberries were separate, so they were all right. But mm. all the other, the thornless loganberry and youngberry, they were covered in fruit. Mm. So I'm I'm going to be really cautious about using that from now on. I'm going to use um I'm going to try hessian next year. Okay, always learning. Okay. Always learning. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hessian. That's
3: not a bad idea. I mean,
2: I, someone I else suggested that to me. it's a good idea. it would cut the sun down to the fruit though. Do you think that? But have when any they're impact?
1: just when it's just at that point Ready when you think well the first one ripens and you know the yeah, birds okay. are watching the same as you you know you're all everybody's watching. Yeah. It's like right on the top. Look, I've yeah. got to try it mm. because um, I, I'm yeah. only
0: thinking that if you if you watch. And the hessian gets wet, you, no, you're going to get your your sooty mould happening, aren't won't you? Mildew. Yeah, it'll hold I the water. Know. It'll hold the mm. water and I provide a steamy mm. environment mm. underneath.
1: It's it's it, Look, the the sudden weather changes have just been so difficult this year. Mm. They have been very hard to manage. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah
2: we, I think there was a there was a call a few weeks ago when I was listening about plum trees and the fact that they had like what looked like curly leaf. Yep. And uh, did you have that in your garden?
1: I don't have plums, okay. but which, which so, so what do we, you think it was? We, uh, it was
2: black aphids. Yeah. Because oh. we, we certainly oh, had plums. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really weird. So what happened at our place was that as the leaves were coming out right early spring, it just, there was this infestation. And it clearly mm. happened all over Melbourne. Yes. Wow. Lots of people yeah. ha- have had I... the same experience. Mm. Um, and and the, the the plant recovered and... You know, it, it looks a bit scrappy on, on top and so on, but it was absolutely fine. But that's a first because plums don't tend to get much yeah. at no. all.
1: Peaches will get that <clears throat> peach leaf aphid along with it, which likes to hide in the peach leaf curl. Mm-hmm. But yep. yeah, I haven't heard of that either. Yeah, no. yeah. so that, no, that's no, what amazing. happened now. So we yeah. still got
2: plenty of fruit and yep. all the rest, but uh, it really did destroy the early leaves.
1: Yeah, if people had young trees, that probably didn't do them a lot of good. No, wouldn't no, have. wouldn't mm-hmm. have. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah Exactly. So it's just
2: funny the cycles, isn't it? That, yeah. that your gardens go through. Oh. And there's, there's always something different. Like Absolutely. a few years ago, we had masses of hoverflies, which mm. which were all over our avocados, and so we just got Ooh. so much, so many avocados mm. that mm. year. Mm. And it was really <laughs> the, the the hoverflies, I think, that were that were the main
3: well,
0: okay. vector mm. that helped mm. that yeah.
2: helped that happen.
0: So what variety is that avocado you've brought so in, here? Yeah, so, this one
1: it's is bacon. It's a
2: tiny, tiny avocado.
1: Well, this has been a bit of windfall, and I thought to myself, well, that's not going to, you know, that's a shame because they're, well, I've got some massive ones as well, mind you. They're very big this year. This is bacon. shouldn't ripen mm. bet- until July, between July and November. And I've been just keeping them inside, thinking, oh, well, what, you know, may as well try. It. I've got one cut up for my lunch today. I've been eating them. Mm. So I have okay. a the feel oh. of that one. Oh. Um, they've been ripening yeah. four been ripening. months early. Right. Goodness me. Are, are they as the sweet tree. as they normally they're, are? They're fine. They're, yeah, they're right. not Oh, perfect. I better cut some of my bacons but, open. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, at least you're, for me, the rats really move into them being an inner city kind sort of garden. Yeah. And so when the time of year the avocados come in winter, there's nothing else around except chocos. So it's mm. really hard to keep them off. And I've, what, like a couple of years ago, I had about 70 avocados and I had individual um, bags. Bird wi- yeah. No, 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 they no. ate the bags. They ate so many bags. Really? I had to get bird <laughs> wire. My hands were slashed to pieces. of goodness it. Goodness me. I had to wrap each uh, each avocado in a bird wire cage. I'm not kidding you. My goodness. I hate those creatures, seriously. Yeah. Anyway, but I love <laughs> my avocados. So, um, so the fact that they're ripening early, but, but I just cannot believe mm. how, uh, I mean, we've all had changes to ripening. Yes. But how wow. wacky is that? Mm. So, yeah, start... Pulling your bacons off, just do the usual thing. Take one or two off, put them with your yep. bananas or apples, mm. see what happens. And I didn't even put these near anything, they just sat in the basket a week or so later. They're ripe. Good heavens. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, yeah, don't waste them if they're windfalling. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, our, our Labrador tells us when they're ready. So. <laughs> She's unbelievable. She gets all the low hanging fruit. Oh, yeah. She'll be up on her back legs. Yes. Oh, yeah. She picks the smallest ones too. It's like, oh, don't. Let it grow a little bit, Misha. Let it grow. No, she'll always come up with one in her mouth, wagging her tail. Yeah. You know, look look what I got.
1: Well, that's a great method of knowing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Evan, last year when I was. um, when I was doing a, a, a garden tour down in Provence, in, in, in um, as you do, as you, as you do, it's right. the same thing, yeah. Yeah. We, Pascoe vale, Provence. Yeah, yeah, Provence. Yeah, yeah. So we were what in a garden, mean? and there were a couple of beagle dogs in the garden as well. And um, there was a there was a, a stone retaining wall, and behind uh, further down, behind that wall, were a whole lot of avocado trees. And I've got a photo of this beagle dog hmm. standing on the wall. <laughs> yes. And, and literally picking the yep. avocados. Yeah. I, I, you know, I had no idea that dogs liked avocados. Oh,
2: yeah. Our dog will crazy. have one a day till she can't reach anymore. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And she, you know, she eats around the pip because you sort of think, oh, I hope she doesn't yeah, swallow yeah. the pip. But no, she eats around them. She eats them. Yeah, he eats yeah, the whole lot. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. So cute. <laughs> well, it's not cute if you want the things. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You've got rats? We've got a Labrador. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Labradors can't climb, lucky for you.
1: <laughs> so you've got one more fruit to talk oh, about, Oh, yeah, it's true. I almost forgotten they're so tiny. Oh, it's so
2: tiny we yeah, can't see so it.
1: Uh, <laughs> so the... Evan's <laughs> given it a Is nickname.
2: It, it's smaller than your Fejawa.
1: There you go. Try that. Midgetberry. <laughs> berry. Midget berries. Oh, yeah. Very sweet. Very lovely. Nice, easy to grow in um, in school gardens or kitchen gardens, Mm. and they do benefit. I had a lady come on along to a talk and bring a big branch of it for me and a big branch of hers for me, covered in fruit. And I said, "Wow, how'd you get that many fruit?" And she, you know, just just actually pruned more. So by by clipping them and clipping them and pruning them, you get. I I hardly did any pruning. I just thought I'll just do a bit of pruning because I'm a bit bad at some of that you know, shaping pruning, let things go a bit wild. And I tried that this year and I got, you know, double the fruit from a wow. really wow, small amount well, of pruning. Wow, that's a good clue, yeah. Yeah, and a, maybe a little bit of extra supplementary watering this year. So extra watering, the, you know, the typical, uh, I used to use them years ago just as an understory plant in a native landscape thinking, oh, well, they're pretty because they've got copper-coloured new growth. Yeah. You know, dulcis, um, midgenberry, and native to... Um, just above the high tide line in um, Queensland, around the Fraser Island sort of area. Okay. But then, you know, then moving into getting interested in native food plants about 10 years ago or so, realised, like a lot of other things, oh, actually, that's got another use. And, yeah, they're, they're one of the... I think they're the easiest... Um, one of, or one of the easiest fruits to grow in Victoria to get something from. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times you might grow something and only get, you know, one fruit or a couple of fruits and it's not, you know, not very rewarding. But they've got a most unusual flavour, you'd have to agree. Mm-hmm. That's so very does aromatic. It look, what does it look like? As a plant? Um, they and, start and off as a bit of a layering ground cover, but then they, they get up. I mean, in Queensland, you'll get them up to about oh, maybe 60 centimetres high. But they'll grow up, even in my garden, one's wanting to get about 40 centimetres, but they grow in very dense shade. They do like some moisture. You'll, you won't get as many fruit if you don't water. So, because yeah. they're coming
2: from a summer rainfall location. Yes, yes, yeah, and, they, and
1: they're yeah. fruiting now. So, yeah they're, yeah, they're... And interestingly, I've got... I've, Collected a different leaf forms, thinking, "Oh well, I wonder will the fla- will the flavour change?" But it's more that they've fruited over a longer period, so okay. you get different. They don't. The flavour's yep. exactly the same, yep. and yep. yeah, so, so they're good to grow, easy to grow.
0: They're fruits that children
1: love because That's they the they point. just pick yeah. them off, yeah. The, yeah. off yeah. the bush. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. they're very easy, and also they're one of those things that it's nice to kind of you only have just have to touch them and they fall off. So it's that yes, and and they're ripest when they fall off. So it's that thing of teaching children or even adults, you know, just let the plant give it to you, which is quite nice. You know, it's a nice little thing to mm. learn rather yes. than, you know, grabbing it off the plant. Exactly. So, yeah. so what
2: would you do, plant it under a lemon tree or something like that? Uh,
1: I'll get them planted <laughs> under a um, a, sh- a shade-giving Manchurine pear in my front garden. Wow, yeah, yeah, even yeah.
2: though the moisture... I
1: do, I have been watering, yeah. but it's pretty low moisture level. The only other things i are growing under there is an edging of English violets just as a, you know, hedging thing, and I do use the flowers and leaves um for food and medicine and things and also um Japanese iris just for flowers the iris japonica and or some nerines because my you know you have plants in your garden. garden that you can't eat. Yeah sometimes they sent really? oh well which which oh the violets <laughs> I do eat though. Yeah, No, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Manchurian pear? Oh, that's for shade. That's for shade. Yeah, yeah, it's giving a lot of shade. I had it left over when I had a small tree nursery, so that's why. And it was advanced. I had an advanced tree nursery mm. very for a very small period of time in a very small way. And we had this tree left over. Like, let's put it in the front garden and give shade. Mm. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah, mm. it's really good for shade. So. Mm. Great. Right. Actually,
2: yeah. on Manchurian pears, I don't know if you've noticed, but they've been used a lot of street trees and so in recent years they all grow off the graft. They pretty much, you know, they they sucker off the graft. And if you look around, I think it's going to be a real problem. Mm. I I don't know whether the grafting's changed or whether when we started using them in the 80s and 90s, whether they were actually non-grafted. Um, but, or have they changed what it.
0: they're using as a, Some, as a rootstock? Yeah,
2: or they've changed something because yeah. I know around Berwick and, 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 there's a whole line that come out of Dandenong. Mm. Um, I reckon 60% of them have suckered and, And that's just terrible because you end up with this weird tree long term because, you know, especially in a commercial Mm, environment, mm, mm, nothing mm. will happen to it. But you can't be pruning all the time anyway.
1: Something's changed because I've been pruning them for a long period of time in people's gardens and planting Mm. them and I have not seen that. Mm. I honestly have not seen that. And the thing I've seen is that they weren't very well formatively pruned and so the biggest problem I've seen with them is one big branch up high would split off and tear yes. a big damage out of the trunk because they just weren't formatively pruned in the tree nursery. Well, that also that's complaint.
2: why they started growing grafted ones, because of poor branch union. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, that's why where
1: that's the that's issues changed yeah. in the nursery situation. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's
2: why that started. Okay. So, so it's very yeah, hard yeah, to completely. buy a seed-grown usuryensis now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. know that they really exist in the well, industry. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That
5: um, change has happened, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay, our next caller, we have uh, Vic in Maribyrnong. Good morning, Vic. Uh,
5: hi. Listen, one for Karen. What's the A to Z of growing um, avocados?
2: You want to go through their weird sex life?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to go through that. Uh, no, I think, he, I think he wants to know. Oh, prepare your soil really well. Very well-drained, deep soil. Shade has to be in shade they um They can tolerate more sun as they get a bit older, but they must have um, a shade cloth tent for the first two or so years to protect from sun and from cold. Um, they need really good moisture levels, very very deep mulch they um, they, they need yeah they need about like a you know, really deep mulch but watering underneath that to make sure their, their shallow roots or their feeder roots get adequate moisture. They will drop their fruit in January, February. They do that anyway a bit when it's so hot. They just don't like our intense summers. But keep the water up then especially or you'll lose your fruit. You'll lose all your fruit. Um. Uh, I used to recommend bacon because that's what the the general information they was. they said it was for Melbourne climates. Yeah, exactly. Didn't but I. Ha- I definitely would start with hass now if you've only got room for one tree. But I also, that's, if you've only got room for one tree, oh, beg your pardon. Sorry. Oh, beg your pardon. Sorry. Rewind. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Rewind. Um. Very deep. Very deep.
5: You're going back too far. You said something that sounded like bacon. That's oh, that's the variety. variety. Oh, a bacon variety. Yes, yes.
0: B A C O N. It's a variety of avocado.
5: Okay, and then there was another word you said about. Has 10 words after that. Has. Oh, has H A S. That's it. And oh, that okay. is a better
1: one. That's two great. That, she, that mm-hmm. will get fruit. When it's very, very young.
5: What about the shepherd? What do you think of them?
1: I haven't grown shepherd, but I know that Pete the Permy out in the Nongs he grows, he grows shepherd, so...
5: Now, the interesting thing, the shepherds that are on sale at the present time look like little pears, and they don't want to ripen when you bring them home. i found they have to throw two away. But when they're nice and round and hard like a cricket ball, those ones, i found those were excellent.
1: Yeah. I don't grow shepherd and I haven't um knowingly bought any to eat. I probably have eaten them over the years, but yeah, I can't I can't tell you anything about um shepherd, I'm sorry. Okay, but,
5: so we're talking about ass and bacon, yeah. What, what else can you tell me now?
1: They're very reliable. Um you can so one thing I was going to suggest was you can plant two of them as a duo. So plant if you've only got room for one tree plant has and bacon maybe 60 centimetres or up to a metre apart and then you can grow them as one canopy and they'll pollinate each other.
5: Ah, so there's no... So this male female problem that's taken care of automatically? Yes.
1: You don't have to get into the concern of it then. (laughs) (laughs) It's all really Ah, complicated.
5: Yeah, I've never... so I've never heard of bacon. So where can I? You germinate this from seeds, or do you
0: get the no. plant? Or no, what? no, no, you buy
5: the plants.
0: And oh. most nurseries,
1: most nurseries will get them in for you. Mm. Even the big, um, the big one that we don't like to mention as much, they have them as well now. And there's one other variety. They also fruit over a different time period. So if you then add a variety called Pinkerton in, which Pinkerton, P I, Pink and then E R T O N then that has a different fruiting time, so you can get them over a longer period of time. So, so
5: that's the third variety? That yes. is the
1: third one. These are the three that I've got planted now.
5: Okay. Mm. And, and what's the, is that a nice one to eat as well? Or? Well, it's only
1: small, my tree yet, so I don't know, but I, I got that one from Diggers. So I think that's a little bit harder to find, Pinkerton. But there are a lot of nurseries are selling them now. But yeah, if you only if you only want to put in one, I would definitely put in half. No, no, no,
5: no. I like the idea. If you can get three all fired up and they all help each other.
1: And they fruit over a long period mm. too. Yeah, over a longer period.
5: That sounds that sounds like the shot. Um, okay. Can you stick them in? Can you stick them in a pretty big pot? You know, like about two or three feet across.
1: If you're putting them in a pot, you could try a variety called Wurtz, W-U-R-T-Z, which I haven't grown, but I've recommended it many a time. Mm, I've got it. <laughs> oh,
5: yeah. So do you get fruit off yours?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I was yeah. going to ask Evan what he grew. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic.
3: Mm.
5: Okay. Oh, well, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm very impressed. I didn't even know there were that many varieties. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot. I think it's, there's one, more. Of the, it's yeah. one
2: of the best fruiting trees to grow in a garden because yeah. the fruit... You, it's not boom or bust. It's, uh, it just carries over a long period of time. You can have fruit for months and months mm, yep. and just keep picking it off when you want it a couple of weeks ahead. Mm. Um, it's fabulous. I have four varieties: I have reed, bacon, harsts, mm-hmm. so and worts. I've been wanting to find
1: out if worts fruited in Melbourne because yeah. no one's told me. Yeah, it yeah. does. Um,
2: it's, it's quite nice. Um, but um, reed is certainly the most prolific mm. and the biggest. But okay. also the one that tends to defoliate in the heat. Right. Oh. But it comes back. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't tend to drop a lot of fruit. Okay. Biggest plant you mean? Or Biggest big plant. Fish? Yeah. Oh, it's a monster. Okay, okay.
1: Oh, right.
5: okay. Compared with the other three.
2: Yeah. It just takes off. Right. Okay. Um and you've got to take keep taking the top out of it, otherwise it's just like it'll go yeah. well over five metres. And oh, how
1: how big cool. was your worts before it started fruiting?
2: Uh, they all took about uh, I suppose they would have been, say, a meter and a half tall, two meters tall. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, they were all a bit the same.
1: Well, my bacon took years and years and years to fruit. And no mm. one know, and I know, like know, lots of other people with bacons, and they all took seven or ten years to fruit properly. <laughs> that's that's
2: true. Bacon was the last one. Exactly. Out yeah, of those yeah. four to start fruiting. Better um, yeah. because you
1: had the hassle already, and all the rest of us only had bacon waiting on this miraculous bacon to start fruiting, you know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I was yes. hedging the bets because
2: of the, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the way they reproduce. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's why I planted mm-hmm. four and mm-hmm. just planted them in a row. You have more space. Yeah. If I want
5: you need now. You know what you need now, You need a fruit shop that sells one of every variety, so they can try them all. <laughs> well, it's
2: surprising you do see more varieties in mm. the supermarkets and the fruit shops these days than you're certainly used
1: to. The growers yeah. are responding to the demand. Yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. yeah, it's not just half you, know, you know, when
5: you look at all these, <coughs> when you look at all the different ones that you've talked about, do they are they very different from each other? Are they recognisable as avocados? Oh, yes, yeah. oh, yeah. the fruit. Yeah, the absolutely, fruit. the fruit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: The only thing is that I think the reed, you know, it's like a cannonball. It's quite different.
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that... Uh, well, maybe I got mixed up with that, because in this fruit shop here at High Point, it's a rather big one. He carries a, a round one, and he told me it was a, a, a shepherd. Well, it could well, be. I don't you know shepherds. shepherd.
1: shepherd. So neither do I, no. Mm.
5: But, but the funny part is... Um, what do you call it? Reed, R-E-E-D. Yes, but it might be that there it is a shepherd
2: It might be a different variety. one. We
0: just, just don't know, know what the shepherd plant. looks like.
5: Mm. Oh, well, this one was dark green, extremely hard, and very, very round. Okay.
0: Mm. All right. Thank okay. you. We're going to have to go, Vic. All right,
5: Vic. Good luck, Vic. I really appreciate it. Okay, bye. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Right,
0: now, uh, Sue from uh, Heathmont has a red flowering frangipani. It's one metre high, and she's wanting to give that away to a good home. Mm. Um, so if anyone would like that, she says it needs to be uh, grown against a hot brick wall, mm. obviously, because they do need the heat. So um, her number, if any listener would like to get hold of that red flowering frangipani penny, is 0403 Three one two. That's zero four zero three three one three
1: three one two. Karen, very quickly, uh, cooking up compost um, on the Open Gardens Victoria website at Geelong, the sixth of April, and that's that's also going to include, include a tour of this garden and a fantastic. Um, and fantastic afternoon tea, morning or afternoon tea. So well worth going to.
0: Yep, excellent. And a caller has wanted to know what the nursery was you referred to, where your friend was. That was Bulleen. I think it was
1: Bulleen Art and Garden Centre. Yep. So
0: can you describe quickly where it is? Six
1: Manningham Road West, Bulleen. Mm Bulleen. Okay,
0: so Bulleen Art and Garden for that one. We have run out of time for yet another week. A huge thank you to Evan and Karen and also to Doug and Carol, who've done an extra roster for me on the phones this morning. So uh, they're real troopers. So a big thank you to them. Um, I won't be here next Sunday morning, but you will be in the uh, capable hands of AB Bishop, and then I will be back the following Sunday. So tune in again, 7.30, next week. But until then, bye for now.